0: Welcome back to Course Correction Radio. I don't know about you, but um, I know I am excited to hear that theme music again. Um, It's just... I have enjoyed every single show that we have done. But I tried to change it up to let you guys know that it was being a little different. And one of the ways I did that was by changing up the music. But um, we are going to be getting back to... um, I won't say back to form because I don't think we ever really left form, but um, we will be doing an impromptu show. This was not the plan for tonight. Uh, Originally, we were going to have Sarah on. She was going to talk about um, the book of Ecclesiastes uh, with a show called Vanity of Vanities, but what we'll probably do is move that to next week. So what we're going to do tonight is, um, I was thinking about what we could discuss and I was honestly I was troubled I was a little bit anxious I was I was a little panicky cuz that's uh just what I do when things don't go the way I want them to is I panic I freak out and um you know I just I felt an impression on my heart that you know um recently a new listener who is um waking up to the reality that the church doesn't do things the way the Bible necessarily says to do. And one of the questions they had was, she said, I see a lot of people, and she was talking about this with my wife, um, she said, I see a lot of people telling um, why you shouldn't celebrate certain holidays, but I can't find a lot of information on what to do. And the simple fact of the matter is, is I cannot tell you what to do but I can give you a jumping off point and that's what we're gonna do tonight and many of you guys already know this but if you need something that you can share with your friends and family I hope this is beneficial to you so before we get into any any um, before we get into that I just want to give a shout out if I can to now TV who has been very gracious to let us partner with them and promote This excellent website right here, this is nystv.org, and look, there's a lot of stuff you can find where, um, over here, uh, we've got Vampire's Lies of the Immortal, we have, let's see, let's just go through some of this, Dark Covenant, Secret of Secrets, you've got The Midnight Ride 2021, wow, that was a great show, Who that caused a lot of trouble, didn't it? Uh we've got the cutting edge 2021, the Book of Enoch video commentary series, which is one of my personal favorites. And here I want you to pay close attention for those who may be new to um that may be new to following after the Doctrine of Christ. This is the Doctrine of Christ series, which we've brought up quite a bit on the show. Um but let's see. There's one certain one that I want to plug here if I can. And let's so so let's just do this. Let's go in here. Because what I'm going to do is, I'm going to try to leave a link to the YouTube video. Um, which, well, actually, what I'll do is, I may not even do that. I may leave the link, the direct link to the video up on here. All you have to do is register. This is this particular part of the website is free to use. However, if you do use our promo code, all cap CCR, you can get your f- uh, first. 30 days of exclusive premium content for free and you will be helping our channel out by doing that I did talk to John Pounders uh, when I was up in Indiana and he was uh, he was gracious and willing to uh, willing to give uh, course correction radio a cut of that so if you guys use our promo code you are helping our channel out and it would mean a lot um, to us uh, because we would like to do even more of this content for you, and we're going to talk about that a little later in the show. The second half of the show is probably going to be geared toward things that are coming down the road. But anyway, let's look at this. So this is what we've got up here so far. So actually, the one I'm looking for might not be up here yet, and that's fine because I will link it in the description of... um. I will link it in the description of the video because uh, one of the things I'm going to send out. For those who may be interested, I'm going to give uh, the link to the video where they talk about the Lord's Supper, which of course was a Passover meal, and some um, interesting things of why you may not want to celebrate Passover the way that um, Messianic and Rabbinic Judaism does. Um, And one of the great resources where you can use that, and I don't think my copy is on the desk right now, but I have the book, The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, and Alfred Edersham goes into some interesting things that happen, and David and Jimmy discussed that in that episode, so a link will be below. But this is just a long form of saying, guys, make sure you check out nowuctv.org. They've got tons and tons and tons of great content, and more and more is getting put up each day thanks to uh, censorship, things like that. So make sure you guys go and support them. Um, it would mean a lot to me if you guys would support them because Course Correction Radio would not be around if it was not for ministries like, the, uh, like Now UC TV and FOJC Radio. So go check that out and use the promo code CCR, all caps, CCR. Get your first 30 days free and you will be helping us out as well as getting um, getting some excellent, excellent content. So, um, also want to give a shout out, if I can, to Shake and Wake Radio Network. Shout out to you, Annie. God bless you. I love you. Um, thank you for everything you're doing, and thank you for letting us be a part of that. Guys, make sure you go check this out. Um, there is a little slideshow up front. You can see all the great, great, um, hosts that are on here they've these shows are incredible so make sure you check that out um and it's always on you can listen live in either a 48k stream or a 64k stream um if that doesn't work you can get the tune in app and you can find it up there that's what i use when i listen to it and i absolutely love it also and we'll talk more about this as in the second half as well Make sure you check out uh, coursecorrectionradio.com. This is our website where you can find the audio of our shows. And um, so, but I've got some interesting stuff coming up about that. But just in case I forget, I do want to mention this. You will find, it's not up here yet. I haven't started it. But you will be able to find, there will be bonus segments on the episodes where, um... You know, if we have guests on, we're looking, I'm looking at a few things. Um, maybe, you know, um, there is an interesting, uh, there's an interesting thing they have for podcasters now called pod decks, where it's decks of cards that have questions. There's various um, kinds, but one of them is interview decks and maybe doing um, Q&A, uh, you know, interview style questions with the guests as bonus segments. Um, that will be exclusively on our website. Um, there's no premium content yet. I will be, I will be uh, perfectly transparent. We are, we are look, uh, we are like, you know, thinking about premium content and praying about it because we do want, you know, I I'll be perfectly honest with you. I would love to do more of this, and I would love to one day do it full time. But that is entirely up to the Father. It's all about what He wants me to do. So, um, you know, it's all about what He wants, and it really is you as the listeners, it's about what you want. You guys are the reason I do this. I want to be helpful to you. So any feedback you may have on things like that would be great. But like I said, we'll get more into that in the, in the second half. I just, please, guys, make sure you go subscribe to... Um, to the uh, to the website, that's coursecorrectionradio.com. So I'll just take you on a walkthrough real quick. So one thing we've got right now is I've got a podcast page set up, and uh, it took me some wrestling because I am not very tech savvy, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm really good with Apple products like iPhones, iPads. I've got those figured out. I have to use them at, at my job, at my day job. So I've got those, but when it comes to PCs, I am absolutely illiterate technologically speaking but I did finally get it to where you can find all of our audio in one easy place going all the way back to the very beginning our very first episodes that we did this uh, horrible audio of our course correction radio trailer and our first episode um which despite you know uh, the humble beginnings wouldn't change them for the world. But um, I actually went back while I was making sure all of this was working and listened to these episodes. And um, if you haven't listened to them yet, definitely go check them out. And you can find them all right here on our podcast page on com. So uh, let's get it right into this. So if you are, if you have looked into the biblical holidays before, and the holy days, I should say, you know that this is one of the verses, this is one of the passages that um, the modern church loves to use against people who celebrate God's holy feasts. It says, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 14, for those of you listening on audio, or if this ends up being long enough to go on, um, on Shake and Wake, uh, if you guys are listening to it on that um, This is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 14 through 20, and it says, Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you, yea. When ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as well if ye be willing and obedient ye shall eat the good of the land but if ye refuse and rebel ye shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the lord hath spoken it and so what the church does or some people in the churches they'll take this and see and say see god doesn't even like these feast days anyway you know um How they get to that, the mental gymnastics they have to do to say that this applies to the scriptures we're going to look at, I have no idea. But I wanted to bring that out first and get it out of the way because I want you to pay attention, for those of you who may be new and are unfamiliar with this, pay attention. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. So, But look what he did down here. He said, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. We're going to be talking about this either next week or the week after when we pick back up where we left off with the Likened Unto Moses podcast. We're going to be talking about the mystery of regeneration. And, you know, that word mystery, what I mean there is that it's a concept that can only be taught through divine revelation. And it's a concept that was taught by Jesus to Nicodemus. We're going to be talking about that. So that will feed into this. Just to give you guys an idea of what's coming. But he says, you know, your hands are full of blood. He says, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Now, of course, if you know the book of James, it says pure religion pure religion, and undefiled is this. Um, you know, taking care of the widow and the orphan. So, but understand that that is what the law of God is about altogether. So, one of the things I want to look look at today is, hopefully, as we go through this, we'll understand that these feast days prepare us for something. So let's head over here. We're going to go to Leviticus 23. This is the first place that all of them are mentioned. We're going to read the entire chapter. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts... Of the Lord. Now that's capital L O R D. That is the Tetragrammaton, Yod He Vav He, concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these, this is God talking to Moses, even these are my feasts. Now notice, compare that with what was going on in Isaiah chapter 1. He said, Your new moons and your holy days my soul hateth. But these are clearly his holy days. Which, by using the process of elimination and really just common sense, we can look at that and we can see that clearly they were not doing what God said. So we're going to go through this and we're going to show those who may be wondering, look, you have to go to the scriptures yourself. You have to work out your salvation, your own salvation, with fear and trembling. And so we'll get, we'll get into some of those verses too and I'll pull them up here in a minute. But understand this is just a jumping off point. It is it's you have to read these for yourself and understand that the Holy Spirit you have no need you have no need that any man teach you That's what the Bible says. Jesus says that he would send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he would lead us into all truth. So all you have to do is pull out your Bible, read these passages for yourself, and trust and have faith in the Holy Spirit and he will lead you down the right path. Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So with that in mind, that's exactly what we want to do as we go down the path of studying God's holy days and what he requires from us and how it applies to us after the sacrifice, the final sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, because I think that's where some people get hung up. So hopefully this will help explain some of that. So let's start over. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Leviticus 23, Verse 1 The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. And the first one he starts out with is the weekly Sabbath. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, and holy convocation, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even the even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. And the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days must ye eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have an holy convocation, and ye shall do no servile work therein. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord, to be accepted for you on the first morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf as an he-lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering shall be two-tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor. And the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the first part of an hen. So now we have a meat offering, and this is for... Um. I believe this correct... Uh, let me make sure I've got this right. So this is for first fruits, I believe. And so we have a thing of wheat and a thing of a drink offering, right? So we have bread and we have wine, so uh we know who we know what this points to, and any time you see a lamb that was of the first year without blemish, that's always something that points toward Jesus. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, right? So all of this, all of it points towards the new covenant that will come in Jesus when he will make full. When he comes, he says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I come not to destroy, but to fulfill. He came to make all of this known, all the of the veil, the mysteries of heaven will be pulled back. And we're going to be talking about that, getting more into that with the next likened unto Moses. But let's let's keep going. The fourth part of an hen, verse 14, and ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. And ye shall count Unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye have brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh sab- Sabbath shall ye number fifty days. Now we're going into Pentecost now, or Shavuot. Um, And ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour, and they shall be bacon with leaven, and they are the first fruits unto the Lord. And ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, one young bullock, two rams, and they shall be for a burnt offering unto the Lord, with their meat offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire of sweet savor unto the Lord. So we see this burnt offering now. A burnt offering is, um now there's there was various types of burnt offerings. We had the daily burnt offerings. Um, We have, and we know, look, here's the thing about, about burnt offerings, when it offers a sweet savor, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but understand there is a spiritual application here, and we'll go over that. So don't get too caught up on this. Keep in mind, because I know a lot of the new people we're going to be going in, but the book of Hebrews, we're going to get into that, I promise. And the priest shall wave them with the bread. This is verse 20, or excuse me, verse 19. Then shall ye sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And so when we look at these, if you go back, and we're not going to be able to do it for sake of time, and I'm sorry, I know I'm going fast, but we're already 20 minutes into this podcast. So, But um, understand that this is what the book of Leviticus is about, and I know that when you're coming from a New Testament-only background, the book of Leviticus is probably one of the hardest books to read and understand, but understand of Leviticus is all about how the people would approach God when they would worship. And so the book of Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So understand this was a fear of the Lord thing. If you didn't do exactly the way it was said, God had to be approached a certain way. Otherwise, what would happen was you know, if the, if the, especially like, let's look at the Day of Atonement. If the if the, uh, uh, the if the priest did not approach and do it the exact way, look at Nadab and Abihu, who offered strange fire. They were sh- struck dead right right on the spot. So understand that when we talk about the fear of the Lord, this isn't some this isn't just like a reverence or a respect. That's part of it, but understand this is the very God that the God we serve is. Very much as the Bible attests to a um, a consuming fire is the God we serve. That's that's a scary thing, and it's okay to have a a a righteous fear of God to understand. You know what does the Bible say? It says, "Fear not man who can destroy the body, but fear him who can destroy the body and the soul." And that's the God we serve, and that's just the reality of it. Yes, God loves the world so much that He sent His only Son. And he did send his son not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Now, Jesus also said that those who who don't believe on him are condemned already. So understand, if you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are already to the point where as soon as you die, if you die unregenerate, you are going to face that consuming fire, and you should be scared. Now luckily, we know for those of us who are who are born again, there is no condemnation right and so those of us abiding if we are if we are abiding in the doctrine of Christ, if we are walking um, if we are walking in his commandments, walking in the spirit um, if we are striving to be like Christ in everything we do because first John says that if we love him, we ought to walk even as he walked it's not that we do it because Because, you know, it's not, it's not a works thing. It's not, it's more of this is the evidence that you've been regenerated. Does that make sense? So, um, so that's what I want to get out of the way with that is understand that the book of Leviticus is designed for you to understand that God wants to be worshipped a certain way. And that's what these feast days are really all about. God says, these are the days that I have assigned for for you guys. These are my appointed times. The word Moedim there, we'll get into that here in a few minutes as well. But understand that that's first and foremost the very thing we need to realize about these about these holy days is these are God's appointed times. These are the times that he wants to be worshipped as far as holy days, as far as feast days. You know, the world has their feasts, Christmas Easter, Halloween, but God is very, very clear when you worship him and you do holidays or holy days given to him, they have to be done a certain way. So we're going to continue going on. Verse 21, and ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be an holy convocation unto you. You shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. You know what's so great about this is um and I, I really want to do more research on this, but um you know, they say that it would be more costly for a for a farmer. To sow or to gather the the corners of his fields. So not only was it more cost effective for him to leave the corners like that, but it feeds the poor as well, and it's a win win for everybody. Only God who created the who created everything that we see could think of something like that. And I just it just when you read these things, you, you and you understand them. Just the very words bring glory to the Father. Neither And so, and when you reap the harvest of your land, verse 22, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger, I am the Lord your God. So go back to what we saw. Learn to do well is what the book of Isaiah told us. So that's what one of the things. So number 1, when we worship God, we worship him a certain way. Number 2, we talked about how the feast days train us to do things. It trains us to take care of the poor. It trains us to plead for the widow and the orphan and to and to teach judgment to the fatherless, right to judge the fatherless. So this is this is faith through Action, show me thy faith by thy works, right? Or I will show you my faith by my works. So thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing trumpets, a holy convocation. So this is coming up very soon. This is the Feast of Trumpets. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And the Lord shall spake, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of the seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls and offering and uh, offer an offering made by fire. Unto the Lord, and ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, The same soul will I destroy from among his people. Ye shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and ye shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even. From even unto even shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. And on the first day shall be in holy convocation. You shall do no so work therein. <coughs> Seven days shall ye offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and ye shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, Everything upon his day, beside the Sabbaths of the Lord, and beside your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your free will offerings, which ye give unto the Lord. Also, in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. And on the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And ye shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches, and palm trees and boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days, and all that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths that your generation may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feast of the Lord. So, and here's an interesting thing. So, let's just point this out right now. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. Now, one of the interesting things about this is in the book, I believe it is Zechariah. It talks about that in the last days that the Gentiles will have to come and celebrate the the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem or there will have no rain in their land. And so understand the book of Zechariah is filled with imagery, right? And so let's look at this. So if you understand the way that the millennial reign works, and for those of you who may not know, I believe the millennial reign is happening now because the Bible says that Jesus is reigning at the right hand of the Father, right? Understand the thousand years isn't a literal thousand years, but it's actually a symbolic number, and you can look the word up. This is what it means. It is a time of, unspec- of an unspecified amount. That's from the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. And so um, you look at that, so let's apply this, right? So Jerusalem was the city in which God put his name. He says, "When well, you shall do these in the city where my, where I put my name, right? So understand that, number one, God dwells within the heavenly Jerusalem, and we know that we can boldly approach his throne according to the book of Hebrews. And we are um, we are Gentiles by birth, but we are regenerate, and we are grafted in to that commonwealth known as Israel. Uh, Paul says in the book of Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free, For, um, um, and I'm butchering this, so let me look it up real quick. Chapter Galatians, chapter three, says this. Sorry, I passed it. All right. So Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So notice that it's neither Jew nor Greek for anybody who believes in Jesus is of the seed of Abraham, right? So that means that no matter where you come from, No matter what tribe, no matter what nation, no matter what tongue, if you are now reborn through the blood of Jesus Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham. The seed heirs according to the promise given to Abraham in Genesis 15, right? So understand that these things now apply to you in a spiritual sense. And that's not going to sit well with a lot of people, and I understand. It's, it's a difficult pill to swallow when you've been told your whole life that God has one plan for the Jews and one plan for the church, even though there's nowhere in the Bible that actually says that. So, um, and what they'll say is you have to rightly divide the word of truth and understand that there's a dispensation of law and a dispensation of grace and, uh, that's my dispensational voice, by the way. Um, but so, the look, and if you need a second witness to that, read Romans 9 through 11, and it spells it out. There's a cultivated olive tree. You are a wild branch grafted into that cultivated olive tree. So I hope this makes sense, and I know we are flying through this, but we are going to do a second part to this one day where we go through this feast that Jesus taught. So let's, get, let's do that right now, So because here's what I want to do. Um, matter of fact, let's head over to Bible Hub real quick. Man, guys, I really thought this episode wasn't going to be able to last an hour. (laughs) I guess I was wrong. Um, that doesn't surprise me, though. Um, let's see... Leviticus 23 for those of you watching on the audio po- uh, uh, watching on the video. For those of you listening on the audio, we are at Biblehub.com. We are using their interlinear, and we are going to head to Leviticus 23 so we can look at the interlinear and see what the Hebrew says. So it says and Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, That's Leviticus 23 1. All right. These are my feasts, so that is this word right here, Strong's Hebrew 4150, Moed, the plural there being Moedim. It is an appointed time, a place, or a meeting. Now, notice this. This appears. This word appears in Genesis 1.14, and that's where we're going to go right now. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons, That word seasons right there, that's the word moed or moedim, and for days and for years. So understand that these were prophesied, or these were set in motion, I should say, by the Father from the very get-go on the fourth day of creation. For signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So this is what the sun, moon, and stars are for. They are essentially God's clock. So imagine a clock, if you will, that sits like this. So as you can see right here, we have, this is my daughter's nightlight. Um, And let me see if I can pop this thing off. Probably not, because I put it up here really good. But imagine this. So if you can see this, um, it has stars. And up on the ceiling, it projects the stars and the moon and the things like that. So, but what it does is I can actually turn this on like that. And it spins. Now notice... They'll always circle back around, right? And a lot of you guys who are familiar with biblical cosmology know where I'm getting at with this, but it's like a clock. And so this is God's calendar. This is God's clock when we look at his signs and his seasons and these moa'dim that are, let me turn that off because that is uh, hurting my eyes. Um, but when we look at these, these are the way that God makes out his time. Now, when we get into a verse later, this is all going to make a lot of sense uh, when we're going to go to the Apostle Paul and look at this. But he says, let them be for signs and for seasons, that were moa'dim." So we have the word moa'dim, which is used as seasons here. But when we come back over to Leviticus 23, that word moed is right here, feasts. So these feasts are appointed times or appointed seasons. Now notice, when we went through a lot of these, these, these feasts were, uh, there's three. So we have Passover, which was the barley harvest. We have um Shavuot or Pentecost which was the wheat harvest I believe and then there's another harvest for um, I don't even know what would grow during that time but when you come back down here you know seven days shall an offering be made there are feasts to the Lord you shall proclaim holy convocations besides the Sabbath of the Lord and in the 15th day of the month when ye have gathered the fruit of the land so there's another harvest right we have an end gathering Um, so these are signs that are all for different harvests, so it was a way that they could keep track of that too, so it's really a multifaceted thing, but what is one of the things that we're told to do in the parable of the sower, which we just talked about not long ago on Course Correction Radio, one of the things we're told to do is if we are in good soil, we will bring forth fruit, some 10 Some 20 and some 100 fold. So understand that this is going to teach us how to be able to do that too. Now, we're not harvesting fruit so much as uh, more in the spiritual sense, right? But these are training us to be able to do things like that. So because what we're doing is it's helping us understand. It's getting us, it's helping us set our minds on things that are heavenly, So, if the, and I hope that makes sense. I'm explaining this as best I can. So, we went over Genesis. So, now let's go to a parallel in Numbers 28, starting in verse 11. And in the beginnings of your months, you shall offer burnt offerings unto the Lord two young bullocks, one ram, seven lambs of the first year without spot. So, it was a perfect offering. It could not be marred in any way. And three tenth deals of flour for a meat offering mingled with oil. For one bullock, two deals of flour for a meat offering mingled with oil. For one ram, and several 10th deal of mingled oil for a meat. So this one goes in and tells you more specifics about the offerings. And you guys can read this um, for yourself. Um, so this is Numbers 28, and it goes into the next chapter as well. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile so work. It is a day of blowing trump, of blowing the trumpets, unto you. And now, of course, we know that this has prophetic significance. Um, you know, we talk about the last trump, things like that. Um, there are seven trumpet judgments in the Book of Revelation. Um. And so we know that the blowing of the trun- the blowing the the blowing of the trumpet is prophetically significant. And understand these feast days have prophetic significance. So let's take it to Jesus for a second. We have Passover, where in the book of Exodus they put blood over the doorpost uh, with hyssop. They ate the meal according to the way God said. And when the angel of death, the destroyer, came through, notice what happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were protected. Now, we have that in the same way. We know that Jesus was our Passover sacrifice, and we are protected. The blood, the doorpost of our hearts is covered in the blood of Jesus, which protects us from the death brought unto us by sin. Now, we talk about unleavened bread. Seven days of unleavened bread. Understand seven is a complete number, right? Um, so that's a week that you eat you get all the leaven out. So let's actually, let's pull that up because there's a verse you can understand with that. All right. So we're going to go over here. Um, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Um It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is as not so much as named among the Gentiles. So a fornication that was so bad, even the Gentiles wouldn't think about doing that. That one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up. Like a lump of dough, right? Ye are puffed up, and having not ra- rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away uh, away from among you, for I verily, as absent in body but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such and one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Now take that and, you know, we have the parable of the woman with the three measures of meal and the church says, That's the gospel going forth. The gospel's gonna win over the world. Think about your people from Bethel talking about the seven mountain mandate, which is probably the most anti Christ thing you could possibly name a doctrine because the woman sits upon seven mountains just yeah, go down that rabbit hole. That's an interesting one. Um but <clears throat> excuse me. So we have, they say that that's the gospel going forward, but Paul says it right here. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven going into the lump is not a good thing. That is corruption in the body of Christ. And this is how you celebrate Passover biblically as a Christian right here, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. This is This is the spiritual significance of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. As ye are, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. What feast? Passover? Unleavened bread. Let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Jesus says his followers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So all of this is connected, right? I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. We've got to get, the, we, look, we've got to cleanse. Until we cleanse these fornicators and these idolaters and these extortioners. So we have your fornicators. Unfortunately, we've had pastors come out in the past year that have admitted to having affairs. They've got to go. They've got to go. Put them over, cast them out to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that their soul may be saved on the day of the Lord. That's what Paul says. Or with the covetous, you know, those who want what they're, you know, um, how does it go? Uh, Keeping up with the, uh, I can't remember what the old adage is, but... um, you know, basically, you got to keep up with what your neighbors are doing. That's the American dream, right? Or extortioners, that's your, um, you know, your prosperity gospel preachers. Or with idolaters, that's your Freemasons. Until we get all of this garbage out of the church, the real, real revival will not come in the United States. And you can take that to the bank. This is what Passover is about. It is about cleansing. It is about revival. It is about getting back to pure doctrine. Jesus said, beware ye the leaven of the Pharisees. The disciples thought he was talking about bread, but what he was actually doing is he was saying, beware their doctrine, because false doctrine will corrupt the body of Christ and the stench of death will be smelled from miles away. That is why. The vows of the heaven will circle around Babylon after the city is destroyed in the last days. Read revelation eighteen if you need a reference all right, but I have written unto you not to keep company if any man is called a brother if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such an one, no, not. To eat, First John, Second John, nine through eleven. If man, if any man uh, transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Go read that passage; it goes right along with this. For what have I to do to judge them that are also without? Do ye do ye judge them that are within? The answer is uh, the implied answer is yes. But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among you yourselves that wicked person. So understand, Passover is an every year at Passover. If you've been around the Hebrew Roots Movement for any amount of time, you know every year at Passover it seems that somebody comes out and either denies Paul or they deny Jesus. Every single year on clockwork at Passover you can take it to the bank because what is happening is the leaven is being naturally removed it's being revealed and it's being purged hopefully um and those of us who have seen that we distance ourselves from it because that is what paul is telling us to do here so and i want to slow down to make sure that people can understand what i'm saying here excuse me passover is about removing leaven we have to remove we have to repent of the sins in our lives we have to remove false doctrine, and we have to remove those who are claiming to be brothers and sisters in Christ, but are either being fornicators, idolaters, covetous, and etc. You see what the passage says. Um, these are the things that must be removed at the time of Passover. So there's that one. So let's go with that. So as far as with the sacrifices, this is Hebrews chapter nine, verse thirteen through ten eighteen. And we're going to read as much of this as we can, um, but we're probably not going to have a chance to get to the whole thing. So I'm going to try to make sure that these verses, um, you know, they're up on the screen for you. So go back and watch this as many times as you need. Write down the passages as as we talk about them, um, and then go back later and study them for yourself. Hebrews nine thirteen. So if these things were used to the purifying of the flesh, how much more is the final sacrifice and the atonement of the blood of Christ going to purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also be of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats. With the water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. So this was this was the first testament that was made. You can read about this in the book of Exodus when they're at the foot of Mount Sinai, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath joined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood both on the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. So there's a concept here. Remission comes with the shedding of blood. Remission comes with the shedding of blood. That was the point that the Father was trying to teach. Remission comes with the shedding of blood. Remission comes with the shedding of blood. That way when Jesus comes on the scene, hopefully they would have been able to recognize it. But the doctrines had been so perverted at that time that the people were completely blind to it. Most of them, not all of them. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true. So all of this down here was just a physical representation of what Christ would one day do in the heavens. Does that make sense? So... Christ is not entered into the holy place, made, places made with, that, with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place where every year with the blood of others. So that's the day of atonement. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto man, unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin, Unto salvation. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. So, basically what he's saying there is the law had a shadow of good things to come. That's what we were talking about. Um, you know, um, the remission comes with blood, you know. So that's 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 what you know the blood bring you know it brings remission there's there's a concept there that happens over and over again cuz let's face it we all need it over and over again if you guys have ever tried to do rote memorization you know you say it over and over again say it over and over again say it over and over again that way it gets ingrained into your head And you can go that, but see what we have here is we have a, we don't have a rote memorization. We have a kinesthetic learning. God was teaching his people through doing the process. And that is what keeping the holy days is all about. We are learning of the things of God by actually walking it out and physically doing the things. And this is why the church is so, they're so blind to everything that is going on is because they're only it's it's almost like the passage that Isaiah said these people worship me with their lips but their hearts are far from me because Unfortunately, as humans in our fallen states, we constantly need something to physically be doing to help prepare our hearts. And that was why you had the Day of Atonement. The priest had to go through all these rituals. It was a physical preparation, but hopefully while he was doing the physical preparation, it was reminding him to do the spiritual preparation as well. So you guys can read the rest of that. Um, It goes through verse 18, and I highly recommend it because now— Where remissions of these is there is no more offering for sins, and so go back to seventeen. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remissions of these is there is no more offering for sins. So understand these sacrifices, these these offerings, all pointed toward the final sacrifice that would be had in Jesus. It was the ultimate act of of really of worship, really. but because what it did was it gave us, it bridged the gap so that way we could approach God. That makes sense. So Jesus opened the door, right? And he said, I am the door. And then he opened it so that we could have communion with the Father. So let's go now to, this is uh, a passage I wanted to go over in 1 Samuel because this is what it says. Uh, 1 Samuel 15:6-23. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them, for ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest unto Shur. That is over against Egypt, and he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, even though God told him through Samuel to kill everything, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, that uh, they destroyed utterly." Then the word of the Lord came unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I had set up Saul to be king, for he has turned his back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose earnestly to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he he set him up a place, and has gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. What arrogance. Um, And and I think we've all done that. We've all screwed up something and said, I did exactly what God told me to, even though we did the complete opposite, which is what Saul did here. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of of the oxen, which I hear? Making a point, right? Oh, yeah, if you did what God told you to, then why am I still hearing all this stuff that's alive? Then Samuel said unto Saul, or no, um, with this oxen which I hear, verse 15, and Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. Now, this is, what, this is one of the things I want us to understand about sacrifice. This is, this is how God really feels about sacrifice. So understand this. Because if you're not paying attention to the spirit behind the letter, you'll never get this. You'll never get it. So pay close attention. Wake up. Pay attention to this part. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. So understand the Amalekites were the ones that attacked the, uh, Moses and them when they were in the wilderness and vowed God, God vowed to wipe Amalek from memory. And this was, this was uh, you know, the, it was time to, um, to pay the piper. I think that's how that goes. I think that's the saying. But you guys get what I mean. Now, you know, the judgment time had finally come and the hand of God's judgment failed to deliver. So go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore, thou then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord? And Samuel said unto, and Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought, brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, but the people, so now he's putting the blame somewhere else. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? behold to obey is better than sacrifice understand that this is how god actually feels about sacrifice he would rather just have you obey just be obedient that's all we have to do is that's what he told adam right shall not eat of the tree of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden adam literally you know it almost reminds me of those memes you see you had one job so right but that's all we have you know because of the fallen nature and the way things have gotten worse, we have more to do. But all we have to do is just obey. It's like the old hymn, trust and obey, for there's no other way. Right? So, um, but, you know, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to and to hearken than the fat of rams. So understand that one of the ways that you can offer offerings post-cross, post after the after the death of Christ, which was the final atonement sacrifice, that final sin sacrifice, just be obedient. That's all we have to do is just be obedient. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the words of the Lord. He has also rejected thee from being king. So let's go back to what we saw in 1 Corinthians, right? So... One of the things we see here is that we've got to get rid of a fornicator, covetous, an idolater, a railer, a drunkard, or an extortioner. Idolater. So we go back to 1 Samuel, and wow, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So when we're being stubborn and we refuse to give up our ways for God's, well, I mean, people say, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, but if you're not doing what God tells you to do, then you're being idolatrous. And people don't want to hear that. And the th- simple fact of the matter is, and I'm sorry if this sounds harsh, I don't care if you don't want to hear it. It's still the truth. And I've got, I have a duty and an obligation to tell you what the truth is. And I'm going to do it as nice and as gentle as I possibly can. But eventually there just comes a time where we have to wake up and realize that it doesn't matter how we worship God. It doesn't matter what we do or what we're intending to do. We're not the one being worshiped. It's God, and he wants to be worshiped a very certain way. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So we can go here, and here's a second witness to that Psalm 40, verse 6 sacrifice and offering didst thou not desire? Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Now understand, David was being exiled for most of the time. It seems like most of David's life he spent running away from somebody trying to kill him. So he wasn't allowed into the temple. So if God had required these sacrifices, it's it's um, David would have been in a lot of trouble. No, God said, if you want to bring me an offering, this is the way you have to bring it if you want to bring it. And if you go back and read, so let's go back. Let's just go back and look at Leviticus. So um, this is Leviticus chapter 1, just so you can see what I mean here. And the Lord called unto Moses and said speak unto them out of the tabernacle of the congregation saying speak unto the children of Israel saying to them if any man of you if any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord so there's an if there there's a qualifier if you bring an offering this is the way it has to be done it doesn't say you have to bring the offering but if you bring the offering he wants it done a certain way so check this out this is Hebrews 10:8 <clears throat> Above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. So if we're not being obedient, he doesn't want it anyway. There's no pleasure for him in it because at that point it's just a vain ritual. It's literally something that was done out of obligation. He doesn't want it out of obligation. He wants you to willingly worship him, and he wants you to willingly worship him the way he wants to be worshiped. So, but, so, um, and we talk about, um, you know, if, if a man be worshipped, so check this out, I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what is God's will for us to obey him? If you love me, keep my commandments. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. And there was there was somewhere I was going to go and I really don't remember what it was. So I'm hoping this is getting getting across when I went from the Leviticus thing. So... You know, God didn't require the sacrifice, but he said if you want to bring it, if you want to bring an offering, this is a free will offering, if you want to bring it, this is the way it has to be done. And so if you want to worship God by having days out of the year that are specifically dedicated to a feast that you want to do for him, like people do um Christmas, uh celebrating the birth they do easter celebrating the death but understand if you want to do that that is your that is your privilege that god has given you that is that is something he has allowed but you have to do it his way so check this out um you know we talk about um And I think that's what I was going to do is cuz we talked about um we talked about prayer and things like that so um let's go back let me pull up psalm 46 again Sacrifice and offerings did thou not desire? Mine ears hast thou opened? Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required? So we uh, we talk about you know things like that, and one of the things we can offer is so I think it's in the book of Philippians. <coughs> And so I want to say it's in here, but there's a part where Paul talks about willful giving, that it's like a sweet, um, it's like a sweet aroma unto God. So I think it's Philippians chapter 2. And it just popped into my head, and I, I wish I would have pulled it up beforehand. So that way I'm not sitting here just being quiet. All right. Um, yeah. If I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and rejoice you all. For the same cause also do ye with joy, and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus, that's Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be good comfort when I know your state. For I, no man like-minded, excuse me. And I can't remember where it's at, but there's a part where it talks about There's verses in the Bible where it talks about um, well, willful, uh, cheerful giving is, a, is an aroma that is sweet and acceptable. But here's the thing. We go to 1 uh, Thessalonians 5, and one of the things it says is pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Is, so in everything we need to give thanks. This is the will of God. So, um, we know that, that presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. And so this is Revelation chapter eight. So to understand this is kind of how things work. And, you know, you'd have the high priest that would go in and burn incense. That's what Zechariah was doing when, uh, the angel visited him to tell him about John the Baptist. So in the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints ascended before God out of the angels. Hand. So prayer is also a, it, it is an incense that reaches up towards God, right? So we have, we we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Jesus said, you know, you must uh, deny yourself daily, take up your cross and follow me. So we have that. We present our bodies a living sacrifice. You know, we have um, our we have our, willful, our our cheerful giving. You know, we gave, they gave to Paul freely, and he said that it was a sweet aroma that came up to the Lord, so it was like a burnt offering. And now we have our prayers. Our prayers are like incense when we pray them. So understand there are spiritual aspects. We talked about getting rid of the leaven, and we're removing false doctrine. We're removing um, brothers from the congregation, unrepentant brothers in active sin, Um, We're removing them, we're removing false doctrine, we're removing sin within our own lives. So understand that everything has a place, but now there's spiritual application, and all you have to do is just read the scriptures for yourself, trust in the Holy Spirit, and he'll tell you where to go. So, let's see, we already did that, and we already did that. So really, that's the end of what we have for today. That's about it. Um, We will do, I'll try to do a part two coming up, where we can talk about um we can talk about the feast that Jesus celebrated, and I'll even try to get somewhere we can talk about the things that Paul did because we can see where Paul was trying to celebrate the feast as well, so it's not like these just went away after the cross. We already saw where Paul talked about we should celebrate the Feast of Passover, so I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's been a blessing, and I hope the fact that I've been talking a hundred miles an hour for the past hour and twelve minutes has not made this too confusing. And if it has, I sincerely apologize. As I I am recording this, you guys are watching this at about 6 something in the evening. But for me, it's about 2.30 in the morning. And so I am um, extremely tired. And when I get extremely tired, I rant like an absolute madman. So thank you guys for putting up with my rantings. This is something I am extremely passionate about. And I just want to make sure that we all have the resources we need. And I know it's confusing when you first get into it, but just open this book right here. Just go to the passages and just read them. Take, them at, take it at its word. Understand that sacrifices and offerings are done away with. There's The temple and the Levitical priesthood are permanently done away with. They are because we have a better priesthood now. We're under the priesthood of the order of Melchizedek with Jesus as our high priest. So the game has changed a little bit, but there are scriptures in the New Testament that can help you understand how the sacrifices and all of that have a spiritual application and what you can do. Thank you guys so much. We will see you guys next week, next Saturday, 6.30 p.m. for the Weekend News Bulletin, and we will be back here at 5 p.m., Eastern for the Course Correction Radio Sunday broadcast. We'll talk to you later and we'll see you next time on Course Correction Radio. Take care.